You're listening to the Games of Got Biz microcast recorded on Monday the 17th of July 2023. I'm James Batchelor and I'm joined this morning by... You're joined by Chris Dring. I am joined by Chris Dring. Yeah. I feel like I need to expand on my usual intro. Like It's not just Monday, 20, uh, Monday 17th of July. It is 12.03 UK time and Monday the 17th of July. And the reason I emphasise that is because... The story we were going to be discussing, which I'm fairly sure you'll already know if you have somehow missed the title of the episode, uh, feels like it's changing on an almost hourly basis at this stage. Um, I'm kind of even even the weekend there was no rest. You say changing. I feel like it, it's it's more progressing. It's progressing, but like a real like slow progression. You do you remember when game was going to administration in the UK and it just twisting and turning every week. Uh, every, and it was, and it, it was, you know, you couldn't. You write one news story, and the next day it was already redundant. I yeah. think, I think, I think, I think, I think we know I, this. The Ross and Rachel of the games industry, the will they, won't they? It's, it's. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's, a, it's coming to an end. It's a will they. It's, it's a will. They will. It's a will. And, and to be fair, well, then most will they, won't they? You know, it's a will. It's just a question of how long it's going to take for them to will. And <laughs> um, we are, of course, talking very, very ten- tenuously about Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Um, significant advancements in the last week. We've actually been trying to find time, me and Chris, to sit down for about a week now. Um, last Tuesday, the US District Court uh, ruled on the hearing between Microsoft and the Federal Trade Commission. The Federal Trade Commission was trying to get a preliminary injunction in to stop Microsoft from completing the deal with Activision before the July 18th deadline, so that's tomorrow, because the FTC still intends to do its, well, at the moment, still intends to do its administrative hearing in August to explore whether or not this deal should be blocked. Uh, on Tuesday last week, that uh, request for an injunction was denied. Uh, the FTC requested an extension of the emergency temporary restraining order that was put in place while that hearing was going on. That was also denied. They filed for an appeal with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to try and fight the US District Court's decision. That was denied. Um, immediately after the first denial, the CMA, the Ch- Competition Markets Authority, the UK regulator who blocked the Microsoft Activision deal, announced with Microsoft that they were open to um, considering new proposals from Microsoft. Microsoft is basically going to propose a modified deal that may address the CMA's concerns. Sort of, yeah. Well, in order to get what the Microsoft's done is in the CMA, in between them making their provisional judgment and their sort of final judgment, if there's a material change in circumstances, they'll look at it again. And what Microsoft, Microsoft's gone through that process of saying there's now a material change in circumstances. Yeah. Uh, whatever that is, but there's lots of rumours about what they've proposed. And that is, um, and that's the sort of, and that means the CMA have gone. Okay, we'll look at that. CMA don't do conversations. They're not like the other regulators. They, they, uh, you've got to submit stuff, and they'll look at it. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry, carry on, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. It, yeah. So like, the point is that the CMA and Microsoft are talking again, whereas they were due to face each other in court as Microsoft appeals against their block. Um, they were going to appeal to the Competition Appeal Tribunal. I believe there's a meeting happening today with the Competition Appeal Tribunal to discuss whether or not they can pause this process, but I think it's kind of assumed that they will. The CMA has said that it is almost impossible that they will be able to make a final decision on Microsoft's proposals in time for the July 18th deadline. Um, So, you know, basically, they're not going to be able to say, yep, we're all good by tomorrow. They are aiming to get this done by or before August 29th. 
And to be clear, although the, we're talking about there, so CMA's July 18th, so CMA were going to deliver their final order on July 18th. That mm. coincidentally is the same day that Microsoft was due to complete the deal. Yeah. Um, and so now, now they're saying they can't do their final order for tomorrow. And um, yeah. So as it, as it stands, Microsoft and Activision are allowed, there is nothing blocking them from completing that transaction in the US by their, that July 18th deadline. If they miss that deadline, it's a three billion fee that Microsoft has to pay to Activision Blizzard and they have to renegotiate the price, renegotiate the terms of the deal. Um, so there's nothing stopping yeah. them from completing in the US. My understanding is from analysts and so forth I've talked to, if they complete in the US, there's nothing stopping them. That They can complete in the US without getting that UK approval from the CMA, but it will, it, the, the wording was it'll, it'll basically it may impact Microsoft's reputation and it will impact certain things so like Activision Blizzard won't be able to operate as a Microsoft owned entity in the UK so it will involve shuffling things maybe divesting things um we're not 100% sure but, I, but then weirdly like I don't know all that stuff that's going to happen within the month within the space of a month if the CMA does approve it before August 29th you're talking like it's barely a month where Activision isn't yeah. a Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. They could say basically they could complete tomorrow, or they might play it safe and wait until the CMA has reached their conclusion. Again, and let's be honest. Let's be clear that the 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 three billion dollar fee and the uh, renegotiation and that kind of stuff that's all self imposed. Hmm. I, I, it's not. It's not like that. You know, it's not like it's not like some legal. It's not like some legal reason to do it they've just set that deadline and you know like anything you can you can extend the deadline and, and i'm sure you know it, it's different when they have no date in sight yeah if you're saying no. to activision oh actually you need to wait now another six months and it might be six months it might be nine months that's different from saying we know the cma will have reached an agreement by the 29th of august so you know can we just you know push this back uh, six weeks and so that's the you know, I, I don't know. One way or another, I think, you know, this deal. It, I think, here's the thing. Sony intimated to me very clearly that uh, the deal that they had on the table, they weren't entirely happy with it. But, you know, they, they would ultimately agree to that deal, particularly if it looked like the, this, the uh, acquisition was going to go through. The fact that Sony on Sunday, which is the, the final part of your uh, story so far, um, is um, has, has signed an agreement to keep Call of Duty on its console for 10 years access to me that so many things that their case yeah. is, is from their perspective oh there's lost there's so many signs like every, everyone feels and everyone seems to be indicating that they feel that this is in, imminent like as you say yeah. like yeah sony sony has now signed finally signed a deal with microsoft saying yep yeah, okay we want to secure call of duty on playstation platforms for the next 10 years after you acquire um activision blizzard the nasdaq stock exchange has basically removed activision blizzard today um ahead of markets opening today because they believe it's highly probable the acquisition acquisition will go through and that affects how you can be listed on certain indexes. They've not been removed from the full stock exchange, just certain indexes. So yeah, all signs point to this being done, which means two things. One, this is possibly going to be quickly become the most outdated microcast we've recorded so far. Two, this might finally be over within the next 24 hours. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried, James, because... With with the, if this is finished, what what does that mean for the microcast? Are we going to be like those parents <laughs> whose uh, whose kids, you know, we spent our entire lives looking after the kids, and then they left home, and then we just sit there silently on a sofa, not sure what to say. Um, the uh, 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 oh, okay. If you want, here's a topic. Here's a thing that I think will stand the test of time a little bit better. 
I think the biggest winner this last week is Nintendo. Hmm. Um, well, maybe really Microsoft, maybe Bobby Kotick, but uh, certainly one of the big winners this week is Nintendo because there's two things that have happened this week. I don't know if you saw this, the EA Sports FC reveal last week. The thing that took away from me, Nintendo is getting a new version of the game. Like they're not getting what's previously known as the legacy version, which was the uh, uh, which was you know built on the old engine. They just changed the teach, the shirts, and the player names and stuff, and it's it's the same game. They're doing a new game for uh, uh, for um, for Switch players. It's certainly EA is actually making a game for them, and I um, and I think that's that's a great win for Nintendo. Um, but also, you know, Call of Duty, part of this, these agreements, Call of Duty will also be coming to Switch. I don't expect that to happen imminently. It's going to take a while for that, for that game to be built. But as we head into uh, the end of the Switch lifecycle and into the beginning of Switch 2, Nintendo might actually have some third-party support to, um, uh, to you know, for, for, its, for its next machine. And that's, if you look at Switch 2, so the Nintendo Switch has been this phenomenal success. But if you look at the third-party support it's got, it's been relatively minimal. It's had a few of the, the ports and, and, the, and there's been a couple of handful of things here and there from Ubisoft and stuff. But even, even that, you know, nobody supported it at the start. And even now it's not overly awash with third party content. And so to get Call of Duty in FIFA, or it's like a proper FIFA, not just a, a legacy yeah. game. Or, um, uh, I think that's a good, that's good news for L- you. Lined up for the next generation. I, I agree. I think I'm skeptical because not skeptical. I'm just I'm reserving my optimism because I'm remembering the amount of third party support that was around the Wii U launch, including a Call of Duty, if I remember rightly. Like, and yeah. it always looks great. And then I don't know. This is a whole other topic for perhaps another microcast. But Microsoft's, as but Nintendo's direct successor consoles never seem to do as well as the previous uh, ones. That's- that's a little bit bait. That's a little bit Wii Wii U DS. There's a lot. People say it's a lot, but the SNES okay didn't do quite as well as the NES, but it was a huge hit, right? Um, and um, the GB and this also forget Switch is a handheld really. Like, yeah, it, it, it's cool. And the Game Boy was followed by the GBA, which was followed by the DS. The 3DS didn't do as well as the DS, but it was still a big success selling machine. Like, Nintendo's Nintendo have followed up a successful machine with a successful machine. That has happened not I, I, once yeah, or twice. It's quite I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's going to be a failure. I'm saying it's not going to be as successful. We use the only the only one you could consider a failure, but the other ones haven't. If you just look at pure hardware sales, each of the successes have not been as successful. But then I guess that's because the first one has been so successful that everyone's still playing it. Um, we've yeah, ended I, up. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I mean, you could say none of the PlayStation consoles have been as successful as the PS2. It, no, but then it has because well, they make significantly more money than the PS2 made. It was a heavily pirated machine sold at hundred dollars. So yeah, there is there is a um, uh, this isn't to um, I'm, I'm just I just my one of my worries about Switch Two and again completely changing the subject. But one of my problems, <laughs> worries about Switch Two is Switch One was entirely reliant on uh, Nintendo to plug the gaps between the big releases. So you had this thing where Nintendo's releasing a game every month, and a lot of those games were ports or remasters, particularly of Wii U games. And I don't think they... They don't have as many of those ready, but they mm. won't have as many of those left when going into Switch 2. So it's, it's, it's important that it has some of these... Because, look, nobody's buying Switch for Call of Duty. Nobody's buying Switch for EA Sports FC. They're buying it for Mario Kart and Mario and Zelda and Pokemon. 
But it's those games are the ones that, you know, keep people engaged and keep people um, excited and, and playing in between the big releases. And if Nintendo can secure a bunch of those, then great. Obviously, if the console's a flop, it's redundant and irrelevant. <laughs> but the, uh, but like the Wii U was. But it's just, I think it bodes well for, for Nintendo. It's actually, you know, if you look at some of their sales across Europe, you know, console sales aren't down as heavily as I thought they would be this year. Um, Zelda's obviously been a big, um, big, big hit for them. Um, uh, this engagement's still pretty high. They've got, um, uh, uh, and they've now got secured too. I just think, I just think, I think it's it's just been a good week. If you're a Nintendo fan, or if you're just Nintendo, you know, you've got Call of Duty, you've got a new FIFA, you've got two big, big third party, two of the biggest third party games coming to your platform. Um, and in, and this year and, and next year and the year after, then that's, that's, I think it's good news for them. I have a question. Do you think the fact that we have managed to turn this seamlessly into a discussion about Switch 2 is a sign of how tired the media is of covering, covering Microsoft and Activision Blizzard? Um, <laughs> I just think there's not much left to say about there's it. Not the this... thing is, there is a lot to say about this deal. Like, there's yeah. a lot to ask. Like I, I've said this before, Activision Blizzard um, is a massive publisher, a hugely a very, very good publisher. And Microsoft's a very good publisher, but in some ways, Activision's better than Microsoft in some ways. Um, Activision Studios are very good at delivering, um, you know, delivering games on time and on budget. Microsoft Studios, not so much, but Microsoft Studios create a bit more variety of content. I'm interested to see if Microsoft's going to continue with its limited integration strategy where it just leaves Activision to do Activision things and Microsoft to do all the Microsoft things, or if they're going to start bringing some of this expertise together, because I think Microsoft could really benefit from some new leadership in, in some of these areas. Mm. I also, I'm also interested to see what this means. You know, Microsoft's talking about launching an app store. Can you really launch a mobile app store against Apple with just Candy Crush? Is that enough? What else do you, and Call of Duty Mobile, is what else are you going to do there? What's that app store look like? How's that going to develop? Now they've got Blizzard content. What's that going to mean for their PC Game Pass push? What, how are we going to see, will Blizzard play, take a leading role in that, in that area in terms of like driving um, uh, Xbox's PC Game Pass business. Um, also, more acquisitions. I know lots of people are going, oh, they're going to buy EA next or Sega next. I actually don't think that. I think for I think for Microsoft, they need tech. They need they need games for more Eastern audiences. I think they mm. need um, perhaps a few more mobile games. So I think there's there's loads of questions about where it goes from here. What comes next? How is it actually going to deliver on the things? that um, basically they have to deliver stuff now. Like there's, there's no excuses anymore. Um, so there's, there's a lot of questions that I can't wait to find out the answers about and talk about, which we can do once this deal is complete. Yeah, yeah, I guess we're all waiting for like the next step of the conversation. Mm. I, it's true, I think the, this whole story, this whole acquisition, this whole deal has, um, has just dominated the media cycle so much, particularly around the FTC hearing and particularly in the aftermath. But like just generally for the last two years, it's dominated it that every every step forward feels like a big deal. Like I, I confess, you know, the Sun the Sony deal was announced yesterday. Now, generally speaking, GI, we don't tend to jump on at a weekend and cover news because we know that our business audience are likely not thinking about business at the weekend. Ideally, they're hopefully recovering and recharging and preparing for the weekend ahead. But I was like, I need to I felt the need to jump up and write this. And I did. And once I finished it. I immediately realized like actually as much as it's a, a seemingly significant deal that Microsoft and Sony have finally reached an agreement as to keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation platforms, 
there was little to no question that Call of Duty was always going to be on PlayStation platforms. Like throughout this entire conversation, and particularly throughout the hearings, and even like the, the CMA have said, like it'd be significantly loss making for Microsoft to make Call of Duty yeah. like exclusive to Xbox. So all yesterday's story was like the Sony deal, which people are still today, 24 hours later, going absolutely nuts about as if it's this massive leap forward for the story. All that is, is confirming what we all knew was almost certainly yeah. going to happen. Like, it's, just, it's few, formalizing there's a, it. There's a few things to it. For starters, it's symbolic, right? There's a symbolic yeah. element to it. But also, you know, the, Microsoft before was talking about allowing Sony to put Call of Duty on its PlayStation Plus service. Obviously, there'll be a fee and a cost involved in that, which they might not want to pay. But there was talk about, um, you know, content parity. That was the thing about how the games will always be the same. Xbox games aren't going to get an enhancement. So signing this deal basically guarantees that from a Sony yeah. perspective. Um, whereas perhaps beforehand, Microsoft could have gone, maybe we will put a couple of map packs behind a pack, you know, behind our game wall <laughs> or something like that. And now, and now, and this deal, I guess, is designed to circumvent that and say, actually, no, you know, we, we, that won't happen. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, it is, a lot of it is symbolic. You, you sort of, it really comes down to now whether the FTC can win its case and, and the CMA changes its mind. Um, and the feeling is FTC can't win the case and the CMA might change its mind. So um, it's, uh, it's still at that sort of stage, but yeah. it, it does, it does, uh, we do seem to be hurtling towards a new future, a future where Activision Blizzard is owned by Microsoft. This is huge. This is industry changing, potentially. Yeah. Um, and um, and it's, I can't wait to actually delve a little bit into what that is going to look like, how things are going to... Um, uh, play out for the rest of the business. What does it mean for the business model of subscription? Is it going to cause a huge acceleration in that? What's it going to mean for PlayStation in terms of is it going to change the console market share significantly? Are we going to see an actual challenger to Apple and Google's duopoly on on in in the mobile space? There's so much uh, this could create, or it could you know lead to um, not very much at all, <laughs> as we've seen with acquisitions in the past. Um, yeah. So, um, but um, it will certainly be, certainly, um, uh, it, it's certainly a story I can't wait for this chapter to be over so we can Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, in the short, I, I, I'm the same as you, like, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that next chapter, but I think in my head, I just can only, I can only process the next chapter once this one closes. So like my last two things for this chapter is, I'm just really intrigued as to, I've, I've kind of got it in my head, I'm kind of assuming that Microsoft will be able to propose something that convinces the CMA to say, yeah, actually this can go through. They've managed to win over the EU. They've managed to not, you know, not be blocked by the FTC. They've got unconditional approval in countless markets, not countless, but like more than 30 markets around the world. Like I'm intrigued as to what it is that finally secures the deal, you know, secures approval in the UK. And I'm intrigued to see how far FTC pushes this before they give up because they still they can still hold the administrative hearing in August. And even if they don't, they can then once the deal is complete, they can sue for divestiture. So they can sue. They can basically like file a, a legal challenge to try and demand that Microsoft sells off part of the Activision Blizzard business to restore competition, etc. Whether or not they bother doing this, because the amount of defeats that the FTC has seen in just the last week alone, I'm just I'm intrigued to see how stubborn that commission is going to be in terms of continuing this fight against the deal that they, I would they've already lost. And I, 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 the case is really hard to make. Um, mm. I've said this many times. That people online seem to think I, I'm 
anti the deal. It's, 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 it's not as complicated as that. I think, I don't, I can't, there's no data to suggest. The data doesn't suggest PlayStation will be severely damaged by Call of Duty being exclusive to Xbox. Also, we've just now got an agreement where Call of Duty isn't going to be exclusive to Xbox. Not that we ever thought it was ever going to be exclusive to Xbox. I think PlayStation thought that. But outside of it, you know, I have no blame. By the way, PlayStation fighting the steel, of course they should fight the steel. I remember the story about uh, Jim Ryan saying he just wants to block the deal like it was some form of smoking gun. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> um, but um, but um, uh, uh, I ne- but I never really was convinced by that argument. The data doesn't add up, right? Outside of the US as well, Call of Duty isn't the biggest game in the world. It's not in Europe. It's number three across Europe. It's number two in the UK. Like it's not. It's not. It's in Japan. It's barely, barely, barely registers, right? So it's like it's not. Well, Asia in general, surely. Like yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Call of Duty yeah. Warzone does very well, but the oh, sorry, the um, uh, the mobile game. Mobile, but yeah. The, um, but the um, but the, but yes, in, in terms of versus PlayStation, it's really a US thing that. Um, and so I never really bought that, and I never really I said that to them as well. I don't really buy it. It's like it's damaging PlayStation. I did understand the argument the cma have made where they've gone look in the future everything is via cloud and streaming and subscriptions Mm. in this future surely xbox is in a commanding position here to dominate that's possible but there's no data today to back up that the industry is going to be all streaming and it is going to also we have no idea how that business model is going to evolve because everyone talks about xbox having a massive market share in streaming that's because there isn't a streaming industry and they're the only one of the only ones doing it in, by the time the streaming industry gets bigger, you can expect PlayStation, with PlayStation have already said they're going to do it. You can expect Nintendo to do it. You can expect a number of major players, Amazon and, and Amazon already are, but, you know, uh, Netflix is all these sort of people to start investing in that. And that is going to cause, um, and that's going to change the landscape again. There's no data to, there's, you can't, there's no model that predicts where that's going. So it's a really hard argument for the FTC to be able to make, and the CMA to be able to make in court. Um, CMA don't have to make it in court, um, to be clear, but it's very hard that the, uh, uh, for the FTC to be able to make that case in court because the PlayStation numbers don't add up and the numbers for the other thing, the other argument just doesn't exist. So um, who knows? It might cause a Microsoft dominant industry in, in 10, 15 years' time, but there's nothing, uh, there's nothing currently out there that uh, it's just theory and hypothesis at the moment. What would be funny is if we fast forward 24 hours from now and Microsoft has actually passed the deadline, paid its $3 billion and just given up because it's too much hassle. Unlikely as that might be. I would say nigh on impossible. Point is, for now, that is all we have time to discuss. We're going to be back with the microcast in the near future, uh, hopefully discussing other stories. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow everything to do with the Microsoft Activision acquisition and indeed all the hottest news from the business of video games over at gamesindustry.biz. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Cheers, James.